Welcome to Standout Life, a podcast dedicated to living boldly amongst the busyness. My name's Ali Hill, and as a psychologist, I love asking people questions. And I thought, what better way to do this than to get the people I admire into a studio to share their stories? This podcast is our corner of the world where all of us can dive deep into what it takes to live a standout life. When it comes to putting yourself in the way of hard things and having gone through some pretty hard experiences, today's guest has a few stories to tell. You may know her as one of the final three people that were left in the 2016 series of Survivor in Samoa. Aside from the 54 gruelling days that she experienced on the island, as well as the toughest six and a half hour final challenge, Elle Rowland has a fascinating story to tell. She's spent over 13 years in the army and has only just about 12 months ago made the courageous decision to leave her career and step into the unknown future of her own businesses. In our chat, Elle shares how hard this transition was, but how much it was actually driven by really powerful purpose. Because Elle has experienced the depths of mental illness and she shares the darkness of depression and anxiety, often a side that we don't hear about. And in our conversation, you can hear that it still brings up some pretty strong and raw emotions for her. But we unpack how she got herself out of that depth how she continues to address mental illness in her own life and how she has been able to find her way back to hope. This is a beautiful and a real conversation with the amazing Elle Rowland. Elle, welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Look, it's awesome to have the opportunity to sit down and and have a chat with you. As I was doing some research, and I guess in preparation for our conversation today, I was really struck by um, going through what you've done, that you've done some hard things and you've been through some hard things. You've actually kind of put yourself in the way of Mm. hard things where most people would go, yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. (laughs) What's, can you pinpoint where that drive comes from? Yeah, it's an interesting question whether it's like something that you have in your DNA or whether or not it's, you know, the way you were brought up or it's just um, who you are. And I guess from an early age um, growing up, I've always been interested in just throwing myself out there in um, challenges. And it's kind of gotten to the point now where it's a bit addictive. So I don't actually like doing it, but I feel like I have a certain fear and I want to conquer that fear. So I just go out and um, overcome it by doing whatever um, it is that I'm fearful of, which, yeah, it's usually really hard things. So And imagine once you nail that, then you're just oh, looking for the next one, right? What's next? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you're well known for, in 2016, you were on Survivor yes. um, over in Samoa. Yep. Um, and made it to the final three, so made it to 54 days on that island, which yes. is absolutely incredible. I guess I want to take you back to that moment of making the decision to even put your application in mm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. Can you talk me through what that debate was like in your head? Yeah, so obviously survivors are like a, a hectic game. It's not only 
physically and mentally, it's also emotionally demanding. So I think whoever wants to go out there and do that's crazy. So I think there's an element of craziness in everybody that tries to apply because it's a really um, tough game and a tough decision. And I remember when um, growing up and watching it and thinking, God, I would never do that just because it's just, you know, it looked really hard physically with, the, you know, the weather and the rain and the not 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 eating and all that sort of thing. It's and so much easier to sit on a couch with a Tim right, Tam and watch, and watch it, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I heard that there was um, that, that it was open the applications, and at first I was like, you know what, there's no way I, I could apply for this, or I don't want to apply for it rather. And then it was just a really weird moment of um, I went for a run one morning, and I think I was in a in a spot in my life where I was just ready to take the challenge. I was um, going through a few hard things personally, and. Um, Basically, I wanted to prove it to myself and to other women that no matter what you've been through in life, you can do something as hard and crazy as Survivor um, and, and get through it and and, and be able to do it. Um, yeah, and, and that's what I did. That was where it came from. And I also wanted to try and use it as a platform because obviously in my personal life, I went through some things and I felt like personally I was a survivor on, you know, in my personal life. And I wanted to, um, you know, the, the two sort of connected in a way that, um, yeah, mentally and physically. And um, that was my way of, you know, um, using it as a platform to help other women going through anything, um, you know, stumbling blocks or self-confidence issues, because I went through all that before and during the game. And I want to talk about your personal experience in a moment, but I guess coming back to um, you putting your application in, mm. um, did you have an inkling that 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 would actually be, be a successful application or yeah. was it just a, we'll a, put it in and we'll see? That's a good question because it's a very, it's a balancing act because you don't want to have expectations because with that you have disappointment and all those emotions that come with that. But deep down I was like, okay, if I want this, I'm going to have to like act as though I've already got it. So that's what I did. So the whole time I was like, I've got this. So I'm, I'm, I can see myself, I could, I was picturing myself using, um, you know, imagining myself um, going on it and getting through all these tough challenges and then at the ultimately winning, which I didn't, but the, it doesn't matter. I mean, um, that's what I used to sort of, um, you know, the whole process. I, I could see myself um, in my mind um, going on it and, yeah, in my brain I was, I was on it. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. So then take me to that moment um, when you were travelling to the island. Mm. Uh, imagine cameras in your face. You're with the other participants who have made it, um, with yeah. Jeff who's, who's there. Yeah. What was that like? What was emotionally going Ooh. on for you then? I, I think like the hardest part for me even just before the game was travelling over there and because I was in the army at the time and I, I felt like I was representing the army. So... I felt I, I had all these, you know, crazy doubts. And it was, I mean, if you read my diary uh, <laughs> on the aeroplane on the way over there, I was writing poems and I was just, my, I, I didn't have it together. I was like, what am I doing? This is crazy. And, um, you know, my fa I didn't want to let my family and friends down. And I, I had these thoughts of, oh, geez, what if I'm the first one voted out? And I think that's a really normal, um, you know, thought process to have when you're about to step into something like Survivor. Um, but yeah, getting off that truck and, and seeing, um, Jonathan there, it was surreal. It was a crazy moment. So, um, yeah, lots and lots of emotions, lots of overthinking. And, but then when I was out there, that's when I was in my element. What surprised you most about that experience? The whole survivor experience, just how, um, you know, 
you're capable, your your body and your mind. Um, for me, the hardest thing was not eating and um, being freezing and not having any second options. So usually if you're cold, you'll go and get a blanket or if you're tired, you know, you know, you might put on some meditation or, um, you know, you might take a sleeping pill or something like that. But out there, you've got no second options. So you have to deal with whatever life or the elements throw at you. For me, it taught me that no matter, you know, what happens in life, you can get through anything. And I guess, um, you know, like the lack of sleep, the, I was even like to the point where I was hungry, so hungry that I was hallucinating. And I was, in a way, I I felt like I was going crazy. And with lack of sleep and, you know, lack of food, nutrients and that, it's, it's, you know, I was in well in my right to feel like that. And (laughs) so I guess, yeah, it's, uh, for me, it's like surviving is, it's in our DNA and it pushes you and pushes you and pushes you. And um, yeah, I was surprised that I could get through that basically. And it's really like that because you can't help from a uh, sitting on the couch with my Tim Tams yeah. <laughs> and they're going, sure, they, they look like they're having rice, but have they got something else under the tree that they're kind of no. feeding them and that sort of stuff? But it's really... It really like wasn't. That. And that's like a number one question I'll get from people that I run into that know me from Survivor. They're like, "Is it was it really that bad? And I'm like, you know what? It's actually worse than what it comes across on TV. Um, they really show the, the drama and the challenges. They don't show the survival element, which just adds to everything. And, and for me, that was the toughest part. The, the, you know, the challenges was easy. The tribal councils were easy. For me, it's just like it was all about getting comfortable so I could go to sleep, have sleep so I could be mentally okay. How much um, strategy was at play in your game? Mm. So my strategy was to be myself because going into it, I was thinking, okay, I could act a certain way. I could be a certain type of person. I could, you know, overthink it, which a lot of people did. But at the end of the day, I I didn't want regrets. I think when you choose to be something that you're not and and you fail at that, you get regrets and, and, you know, with regrets, you you get, you know, depressed and all that sort of thing. So I was, I was, I wasn't sure if I was going to tell people I was in the army because I could be um, perceived as a threat. So I was getting all these signs to just be myself. So my strategy was to be myself, to uphold my morals and and to be a mate, as boring as that is. (laughs) Um, I was also representing the army. So, you know, that's what they believe in. That's what I believe in myself. But, you know, I just wanted to get far. I wanted to get as far as I physically could and mentally could, and that was my strategy, and, and to live in the moment. I wasn't thinking about the next day or the, you know, final three, final two. I was thinking about then and then and there, and that's the way I coped. So when you got to final three, was there was there a moment of reflection? Was there a moment of going, oh, wow, wow this is, I hadn't, yeah. hadn't planned on... And it's funny because, you know, the final three, the challenge was the most epic thing that physically um, I've ever done in my life. And... And it's so funny because the way I work is, like I said, I, I live in the moment. And Talk us through that challenge because there might oh, be people who, who didn't see that. Oh, okay. So we rock up to this cliff top, windy, um, waves crashing. There's three poles. Um, sorry, there's three stands each for us. So there's basically two poles each for us to stand on, which are very skinny, so it sort of hurts your feet. And then there's an idol in the middle, like so a big pole. And what you have to do is um, put one foot on one pole, another foot on a higher pole, and then there's a, a pole in the middle which you have to sort of lean across so that you um, are in a, an uncomfortable, like a stress position, basically. Um, 
So there's a big production crew everywhere. Um, they've just um, brought our family to, to watch us, which, you know, and, and obviously being out there, it's so emotional. So seeing your family there, oh. it's just such a comfort. Um, and we basically had to stand there until some, somebody fell off. And um, we were there for six and a half hours and it was tormenting. It was every minute was accounted for because this is it. This is the moment between, you know, winning um, the title and $500,000, which can change your life, um, or just going home with nothing and having this ex- experience that, you know, wasn't that good, to be honest, let's be honest here. Um, so, yeah, it was very mentally and, and ba- um, me- mentally demanding. And what let me down was physically. I mean, I feel very mentally resilient, and especially with um, physical challenges. And I was the first one to fall off after six and a half hours. Um, my my wrist literally locked, so and my knees locked because it was it was freezing. Um, it was we were all shaking and. Um, Basically, no one was going to – I fell off and then – So no food, no, no break, food, no, no, no anything. Moved. We were literally peeing as we were standing on that because we, we couldn't pee. We couldn't stand off to pee. <laughs> so it was just like you had to let all your, you know, um, I don't know, everything dignity. go. <laughs> yeah, that's dignity. Yeah, yeah you had to yeah, let it go yeah. and then you just yeah, – it's yeah, I fell off, unfortunately. And then I got sent home because she saw me – as more of a threat, the third person usually is the biggest threat socially because they want to win because it's against the jury, so mm. who you've played with basically um, or who you've annoyed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I fell off and then Christy ended up winning. So crazy experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. How was the re-entry after that experience. So coming back, once the experience had finished, coming yep. back to normal life, Yeah. Uh, Look, what was that transition like? The hardest thing for me and something I've never experienced was um, I had a, a, a miniature eating disorder. And, I, I mean, I was hungry all the time. I was – because you're out there starving and you're in survival mode, you come back to f- food on tap. I remember thinking back on the island in Samoa, is there enough going to be enough food for me in Australia? Like I was, I was mental. I was like, I don't think there's going to be enough food for me to be able to eat. You're that starving. You feel like there's not going to be enough food produced <laughs> back in your country to eat. So when I got home, and this happened with a lot of contestants, but for me personally, it was really strange because I'd never experienced it. My life revolved around eating for about two months, and I just could not stop eating. I would, um, I'd be thinking about. Um, food during the night. I'd wake up at, you know, two o'clock in the morning and have peanut butter and toast. And, um, you know, the morning came and I'd just be eating and I'd have like three or four breakfasts. And then like, (laughs) so it was, yeah, for me, like, um, on that level was, was hard. And then I, the good thing about me was I I was thrown back straight back into work. So I had to get along on, on with my life, um, pretty quickly. So I didn't have time to sort of think about it. And for me, it was just kind of like another experience. So, um, yeah, the trans transition was, it was, I mean, it was hard, but it wasn't hard because being in the army, you do a lot of exercises, a lot of deployments and training. So you're away from home a bit. So I think I was lucky and trained a little bit more um, and prepared to come home than a lot of other people. Yeah, I can imagine your experience is there's some similarities, but with food. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) The food thing, that was just shocking for me. bizarre. It was bizarre. I imagine you you wouldn't be alone. It's just so interesting how almost that, um, it is just that survival instinct, isn't it? It must be so innate. And then I was thinking, 
thinking I was going to be like that forever. I was like, I'm never going to go back to normal because my my brain just wanted food. It just wanted food. And I put on so much weight. I mean, I lost 10 kilos and then I put that on plus, I don't know, an extra five or, which isn't too bad. And people will probably be like, oh, geez. <laughs> but yeah, for me, that was, yeah, that was a really, um, a really mental, um, yeah, challenge for me. So 13 years in the army. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like you've had a range of experiences mm. um, with that. And uh, you've now, you've since left the army. Yeah. When did you? So I've only been out the army for a year. So okay. it's quite fresh. Yeah. So what prompted that decision? Oh, look, that was like one of the hardest decisions I've ever made. But um, basically, I'm, I'm a kind of a signs person. So I wait for signs or I wait for clarity um, in certain decisions that I make. And one of them was, you know, to pursue a, a career outside of the army and, and following my dreams in in helping um, other women. Um, so, you know, I feel like in a way I threw, and I didn't throw away 13 years, but I mean, I was at a position where I was ready to be promoted to the next level. And, you know, like um, it was a good income, like the army's great with, um, you know, being secure and so it was just like I had all this and then my son, of course, who I'm providing for, or I've got the unknown, which is very scary. And, um, you know, I, I was researching and I was like, you know, just take the leap and, and see what happens. And if it pays off, that's great. If it's not, just see it as a lesson. And I took that leap and got out in February last year. And since then, I've, I've you know, I've done a, a, lots and lots of things like, yeah, been really busy. How's that? Because 13 years, I can imagine your identity is pretty um, closely aligned to yeah. that experience as well. How How is what you've learnt in who you were in the army um, carried forward for you? How's that? Mm, yeah, it is. I mean, you go, you transition from at the start before the army, you transition from being a civilian to being this soldier where you're, you're honouring like a, um, I don't know, you, it's an honourable job. You, you know, you're, you're, you're sacrificing your personal life and your um, you're serving your country. It's a very honourable job. And um, it was a really amazing 13 years. And me, I'm kind of, I, I try not emotionally to um, to stick to anything or use anything to my identity. Um, and I guess when I got out of the army, I, I still felt like the experiences have shaped me, but it wasn't who I am, if you know what I mean. So I found it quite easy and, I mean, I started, I, I went into the reserves and and I, I just wasn't feeling it with the reserves, so I, I got out full time and um, I don't feel any different. I don't feel like my identity was tied. I think, like I said, the experiences, even my personal life, I was I was married to a commando in the army and we shared a, a lot of, um, you know, hardships together and, um, but now I'm just this, like, clean slate, this, I don't know, this empty canvas that's just, yeah. So I feel amazing. I made the right decision. And if I didn't do that, I'd probably spend the next five years thinking, what if I did, though? Do you know what I mean? So you just, if you get that, I think if you have a, 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 a dream planted in your heart, you just have to go towards it. And I guess, yeah, diving into that, because there might be people listening who are at a similar stage or there's a decision they need to make or they've made the decision but what's in front of them and mm. you even described that as the, the great abyss of the unknown, oh, right? Yeah. And that's scary and exciting in equal measures. Yeah. What's, has there been anything specifically that's helped you or any mm. advice that you would give to someone who might be facing that same mm. unknown decision themselves? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one because everybody's different, but for me... Um, 
I just go on, uh, you know, half the time I don't know what I'm doing, right? So I'm this person who um, usually doesn't know what they're doing until they do it and then I'm like, oh, I can actually do this. So for me, um, making that decision, I just felt um, it was the right thing to do. It was planted, like I said, in, in, inside me. It was a seed and, I mean, I, I would rather go and do it um, rather than regret it. So for me, doing it was an emotion harder than the, the regret, if you know what I mean. So um, I just I just took that leap. I think it's all about just, you know, having that fear and but using that fear as a, like a GPS to, to show you where you should be. So um, I just say you have to do it. There's no simple way about it. It's like it's, it's so simple but yet so complicated. You just have to do it. Back yourself. Yeah, back yourself. That's and there might be something amazing out the other that's side. That's right. And if there's not, oh well, it's a lesson. Yeah, it's and then it could build you up, or you could learn new things to make you stronger in what you were doing before. I don't know. I just, I just think there's a meaning in every little thing in life. Like that's the way I see my life is every little thing. Even coming here today, I find you know um, there, there's meaning behind everything. So I think if you um, and everything happens for a reason. So I think if you have that as a, um, a base for your to for your life, then everything that happens is a good thing. And sometimes the things that happen are hard, mm-hmm. and you touched on before some of your own struggles and your own experiences, particularly yeah. with mental health, um, oh, yeah. and understand you've been through some post-traumatic stress and, and mm. postnatal depression. Mm. Um, and talk me through some of those experiences. What's it like when you're when mm. you're in the middle of that that oh. hardship? Yeah, look, it's um, it took me a while to even be able to talk about it because it was just such a full-on experience for me. And so the experience itself um, was traumatic, yeah. And I guess, um, yeah, after I had my child, um, my husband at the time, he was going through a whole lot of things. He was a, a commando in the Army and Special Forces and he was overseas and he saw mates die and I was this supporting wife that would be back and back home being his rock. And I guess um, there was a lot of circumstances that led up to falling apart. Um, and, yeah, it was it was a tough, tough time. And I literally lost all my hope. I didn't think there was a way out. Um, I've never been through anything like that before, which is why I'm so open this new world of mental health. It's crazy. I, I just... For anyone out there that that has never been through mental health, it's real. It's a real illness, if if you want to call it that. It's um, your your mind goes into the dark depths of like torment, and um, you know, it sounds crazy, but it's just some. It just happens, and um, there was a very defining moment for me during that, being like as low as you could get, and I mean, I didn't want to live anymore. I, I just, I was so broken. Yeah. And um, when I was like that, I was like, okay. So I remember having a shower and um, and I was naked and I was in there having a shower and, and I just, the world was on top of me and I got out of the shower and I started crying and, and crying was this different emotion for me. It was actually a, a nice emotion rather than feeling like all these other darkness. So I was crying and I wanted to keep crying because I didn't want to go back to <laughs> being in that dark moment. Um, so I was, I was crying and, and I'm like, and I was reaching out, I was like screaming out to God. I'm like, God, if, if, if you're real, if, 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 
if you can get me out of this, I, I promise you I'll, I will dedicate the rest of my life to helping other women going through that. Mm. Yeah, look, and it's obviously still bringing up the emotions for you. It's, it's full on. And the statistics say that there are so many that go through it. Mm. Um, and 100% of us will be impacted by either the people mm. that we know and the people around us. And those moments are so real. They are. And um, mm. so raw. And as much as there is more and more conversation in the community about mental health, yeah. we don't often really mm. uh, pull back the covers on the realness and the rawness. And it's such an isolating, lonely it is. experience in Terrible. those moments. Yeah. But I guess, um, you know, from that day, that was the best day of my life because of since then that's pushed me so far um, in my personal life, in my personal struggles, it's it's kind of fueled me to to do what I do to um, help other people and just to offer them hope when they feel like there's none because literally I felt like there was no hope. So um, to be able to have that knowledge is is great for for anybody going going through that. So that's what I've done. I've I've dedic- dedicated my life to helping um, women going through the same thing. Mm. What helped you out in that? that moment, like, so even the, mm. the hour after that, the mm. day and the week yeah. after that uh, that experience? Yeah, I mean, it was a, a pretty long recovery. <laughs> um, well, long saying a year, and I mean, a lot, a lot of people have suffered it for their whole life, but this was all new to me and it was very, it was very dark. And, um, you know, little by little, step by step, I, I put my hand up, I, I reached out, I, I asked for help, I was determined to get better. I started studying my mental health. So, um, you know, working out exactly what it was and putting a character uh, to it, I know that sounds weird, but that sort of helped me sort of diffuse, I call it my little dragon, it's my little dragon, um, helped me diffuse um, it. Um, and, yeah, I mean, doctors, psychiatrists, which actually... Um, I was very against taking medication for mental health um, at the time. And, I mean, at, at the start I refused to take it and I went to the chemist and tried to get all these natural things, which did nothing for me mm. personally, um, until I kind of just let let it all go and I was like, okay, I'm going to have to try something now. So the, the psychiatrist put me on, you know, um, antidepressants, which actually made things a lot worse. Okay. Um before they got better. But for me, I I felt like, and I mean, it started with panic attacks and then anxiety and then it led to depression because my body was so exhausted and, and depression, God, that's, a, that's something different. I mean, I know a lot of people say, oh, yeah, it made me really depressed to, you know, I don't know, I broke up with someone. And, and each um, case is different. But being depressed for me and people throwing around that word, it's a much deeper, it's a really um, empty um I don't know, torturous feeling that there's there's nothing left. Um, so I guess knowing that there was a meaning behind, behind life helped me. So I, I turned my life to God or to spiritually. So that really helped me. Um, so I did a lot of meditation, a lot of prayer, um, you know, the medication started kicking in, mm-hmm. thank God. So that helped me as well. Um, support from friends, I, I'd, I'd keep busy, um, and, you know, acceptance, that's a massive, yeah, um, a part to it. Um, and, yeah, just being out in the open air, taking walks, talking to people, um, you know, there's a whole range of different 
you know, things that you can do if you are in, in that situation. Um, but what, what worked for me was, you know, a little bit of distraction and, you know, but I had a child, which was hard at the time because, you know, waking up during the night and yeah. so that, that sort of put a different sort of a spin to it. Um, yeah, you're not sleeping well no, anyway. that's right. <laughs> and you're doing all that for the yeah. first time. You're unknown, uncertain. Yeah, you are. And you mentioned before reaching out and it's such a crucial component um, for anyone that's going through that mm. kind of mental health or just going through something that's really tough and uncertain um, and yet it, it can be the hardest thing to do yeah. in that, that stage mm. and, and place. Um, but when you do... You can oh, realise there's... Oh, it's a whole new world. Yeah. Yeah, and people genuinely... I mean, you can get a bit paranoid when you're in that situation. You're like, do people actually want to help me? But they, they do because I know who I am and I know that I want to help people. I know people in that industry like yourself. You're a psychologist. You want to help people. That's why you became like that in the, in the first place. So people are, are beautiful. I've got this, yeah, real respect for people in the mental health industry. Yeah, and to yeah. allow people to mm. help you and support you. Yeah, and that's right. You described, and you know, even one of the the signs of, of that depression is is really just a lack of or a loss of hope. Mm. Oh um, yeah, and hope is such an important thing. Oh isn't yeah, it? <laughs> you don't realise it until you lose it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how did you find your way back to hope? Mm. Um, yeah, that's a great question because that's when a real defining moment when I was like, oh, I'm never going to get better. And that's what you think because your mind just says things to you yeah, or you feel certain ways, you're just you're never going to get better. Um, so I guess, um, you know, going back to, to work really helped me as well. Like that, that was a really great tool. But finding my hope, I mean, yeah, tough question because I, I feel like there, a lot of little things led to, to finding my hope. But I do remember a moment um, driving in the car with my, my parents and and I had the window down and I remember trying to act like I was getting better but I actually wasn't. Um, and like I said, spirituality really helped me and I remember putting down the window and I felt the wind on my face and and I had this moment of just like hope <laughs> that I was going to get better and it was more a feeling and I guess I just kept adding to that by by doing certain things, um, you know, creating this beautiful environment in my brain. That's, that's what I teach in my book. It's like um, you have a, your mind, which is a garden, and you have to, you have to um, grow beautiful flowers. And to do that, you have to, you know, create an environment to, to grow beautiful flowers. So, um, yeah, that's what I did. Um, hung out with friends, just tried to get back into the normal life and stop thinking about, um, you know, I don't know, just focusing on it. I, I guess I just stopped focusing on it so much and just tried to accept it. And, I mean, I feel like anything mental health, it always leaves a scar. So even to this day, sometimes I get these signs and literally like a couple of days ago I started feeling depression sink in and the, the, the important thing to do when that happens is not attach any emotion to it because that's what brings you or me back down. So you're like, okay, you're there. I, I acknowledge my that you're there. Dragon. Yeah, my yeah. little dragon. But don't don't worry about it. And, and I mean, I could have gotten depressed just by that little moment mm-hmm. and, and then I just decided not to. So it's like a decision. But, I mean, you learn little um, tactics and I guess that's what brought me hope, knowing that I could get over that hump and, yeah. And that build on, like it's um, mm. it uh, c- 
keeps adding to itself. It's those little it little steps, those little Absolutely. glimpses of hope yeah. um, leading to bigger stuff. Because I understand a lot of that experience happened before your survivor experience. I did, yeah, so, absolutely. Um, but I love that, and you kind of described that, that, you know, that day in the bathroom is almost your best day because oh, it's the, the thing that day. now gives you purpose oh, yeah. and drive. Absolutely. Um, so we were talking off air before we we, um, we hit record that you've got some exciting things that you're launching yeah. this year that really is, is aligned to that purpose. Mm. Um, you've got a book. I do. Um, called Out of the Ashes. Yeah. And uh, launching your own um, support for women yeah. with mental health called yeah. Bell of the Ashes. Yeah. Can you talk to me a bit about the, yeah. the support? Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you what the name means basically. So Ashes was like my lowest point in, in my life, which is like having, you know, post-traumatic post-traumatic stress and depression and anxiety and depression, um, that sort of thing. So that they were my ashes and um, bell means beautiful. So it's basically how to create something um, beautiful out of something horrible. Um, so that's what bell of the ashes means. And, yeah, since leaving the army, I've, I've put um, a lot of time behind my laptop and I just started writing a book and basically it's um, my life story, what happened and... Um, a way to deal with it. So it's based on my own recovery and it's a, like a 28-day program on, on getting better and it uses, you know, spirituality, it uses physical activity, it uses outdoors, um, support, all the little things that you need to, to get better. Yeah, so that and a couple of other resources um, there. Um, I think for me recovery was um, adventure as well. I love adventure, so going on little adventures. So... I'm going to do, you know, treks and workshops and things like that. So it's all very exciting. Um, Probably going to be launched in about two months. And, yeah, I'm on to my second book and it's all about self-love. So, yeah, very, very busy, being very behind the scenes. So um, hopefully it all pays off and I get to help a lot of women. And more and more hope that you'll That's hear right. from and, and yeah. add to, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so if, if you're listening to this and it hasn't come out yet, just follow yeah. you and, and we'll put all the, the links into yeah. um, being able to follow Elle on your um, adventures yeah. and, and how that's all coming Definitely. out. And you were talking about Travel Lee as well. Yes. So it's another... Yeah, so with um, my partner and I, Lee, who I met on Survivor, um, what we do is we go over to um, other countries and, um, you know, do little projects. So one that we just came off last week um, was Project Growth, which is all about teaching English to kids that, um, you know, living in poverty and teaching English them basically um, paves their way out of poverty so they can get jobs in um, the tourism, which is massive over in, in Cambodia, which is where we went. Um, and then before that, I went to Fiji. Um, I did that one by myself. But yeah, we've got a few. We're going to India next. And basically, it's um, a blog. So I do a lot of blogging um, about our experiences and um, ways that people can get involved and just raising awareness for certain projects. Um, and I just met up with a, um, a lady last week, actually. And she's from Destiny Rescue. And I don't know if you've heard of it, but that's... Um, it's about women in sex slavery in other other countries. So I really want to get in, involved in that and, and help with that because 
I remember like years ago, somebody showed me this Destiny Rescue and I was like, God, I'm literally not in the right headspace to be knowing that little girls get it, you know, Mm -hmm. taken advantage of and I couldn't deal with it. But now I'm in a position where I feel mentally strong. I've got a good support network and I'm ready to sort of help in that area. So we just do projects like that to help the world and um, even Australia. Yeah, we're going to be doing a few little projects here in our own soil too coming up. Yeah, it's clear you've obviously got a real heart for that. And you mentioned before, yeah, so your partner Lee, who yeah. you found love on Survivor, which is yeah. maybe that's the ultimate prize. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> that's it, love. That's yeah, right. exactly. That's right. You can't buy love, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, he's so supportive. It's um I'm so lucky to have him in, in you know, in this time where um, you know, the unknown and he's there to push me and tell me to do certain things when I don't want to do them because like I said, you know, Fear is, is a, a terrible thing and it can sometimes stop you from doing things. So he pushes me right out of my comfort zone. So he's great and, um, you know, he's got his own business as well as um, supporting me with travel and um, Bell of the Ashes and that sort of thing. So it's great. Yep, the journey on the next yeah. the next hard thing that you're going to sign yourself up for. What is, did you say? Yeah, what is oh, it? Oh, um, I don't know yet. I mean, there's a couple of things that um, we've got um, happening, but... They're not happening yet, if you know what I mean. So we're in the process of um, of that, and and the next one could really take me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping after that, and and I won't give too much away, but yeah, I'd like to come in and, and talk to you about that experience. So yeah, there's definitely things happening, um, as well as you know, obviously our, our own businesses and being parents. God, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just come out of school holidays, going. Yeah, oh, it's nice to be back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's good to exactly. have. Them around nice back. That's exactly right. Um, exciting times and absolutely we'll get you back in to yeah, talk about whatever love those, those next things are. To kind of come full circle, the name of this podcast is called Stand Out Life. Yeah. If I am to say that term to you, what does it mean to you through your experiences, through the advice that you would give others, um, what does it mean to you to live a standout life? Wow, I think it's, um, I mean, I touched on it before, it's... Um, you know, every we're all human at the end of the day and we all have these fears and these little voices saying not to do something um, or self-doubt. And um, to me, I guess it means following your fears. And, and for me, my fears are a great indication of where I should be or what I should be doing. Um, it's taking a leap of faith um, despite all these emotions. I think emotions can be really unintelligent and you kind of just have to put them aside, not, not give any, um, you know, attention to them and just do what you um, are born to do. Follow your heart, follow your dreams and who cares if you don't know what you're doing? Learn along the way. That's how I do it. I have no idea what I'm doing. I didn't even know how to get here this morning. I'm terrible with driving and directions. <laughs> so just do it. Yeah, it's, I mean, you're the, the painter on your canvas. You, you, you just have to get out there and um, put everything aside and, and take that leap of faith. So that's how I live my life and it's worked for me and I haven't regret regretted anything that I've done because of that. So um, just do it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Look, it's been such a delight to yeah. spend the time with you. Thanks you so much, Elle. Thanks for having me. If you've enjoyed today's episode, then there's every chance that you might also enjoy reading a copy of my book called Stand Out, a real world guide to get clear, find purpose and become the boss of busy. 
you can grab a copy by heading to my website www.alisonhill.com.au. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I'd love it if you could take a few moments, pop over to iTunes and give this podcast a quick rating so that we can continue to share these conversations with people around the world. As always, I'm Ali Hill and this is Standout Life.